those by way of television this morning. Drove in from St. Cloud. It's not an easy drive this morning. I uh, was babysitting yesterday, and my wife is babysitting today, and there were a number of vehicles in the ditch, and these are some squad cars, and and I was just so grateful that I was a part of the Air Force, and I, I learned to fly well, even on ground. So I'd like to open in a word of prayer, and we're going to be just moving right along. And for those of you who are here, we're going to try to make sure that you aren't frustrated during the worship service and worried that the snowfall that's coming down is going to deter your ability to get home. For those of you that are part of our television audience, our radio ministry, or various means, we, we want to thank you and that you can be in the safe and secure, warm home. But let's ask the Lord's blessings. Father, we invoke and we, we ask the Lord's blessing. We thank you for those who have come out during this winter weather and as it continues to snow and, and as we were prepared to look at the video on tribulation, we're going to postpone that till next week when many people come out. And we want to thank you, Lord, for our television audience. We want to thank you for those who faithfully follow us by YouTube and various means of communication outside of television. As we give this service over to you, we are grateful for those who are here. We are grateful for those who are listening by way of television and radio and iPod and YouTube and other means of communication. We want to thank those who make it possible that this is a means of communication of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's very few television stations that, that carry worship services anymore, and we thank the local television station for this ability and their willingness to cooperate with us. And we, we are grateful for those who facilitate this process here upon uh, at all of that in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And as we call on those who are prepared to share scripture, Kurt, this morning as he prepares, lead us in the, a prayer, Father, that you taught your followers to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And at this time, Kurt's going to be sharing from the pulpit. And Mike, if you would please come and be prepared. And if you're joining us by way of television this morning, our scripture lesson is the temptation of Christ. The temptation of Christ. And you may see yourself being tempted. And we have a, a Jesus who was truly divine but truly human. It's being tested here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. You may want to grab your Bibles. And I just recently ordered, I believe, like 12 new Bibles, 12 new Bibles. And they're like $60 Bibles that I was able to get for $15. And it's the first come, first serve. So if you do not have a Bible, please let us know. We'll get you a Bible. And at this time, the temptation of Christ taken from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, please. Let us prepare our hearts for the word. 
Greetings, loved ones. We are all loved. Greetings and salutations. Hallelujah. Starting with verse 1. If you follow along, the wording might be slightly different because those by way of television and radio, not everyone has the same version. So I'm going to read from the big book up here. And it should have the same content, maybe different words. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And afterward, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Thus ends the reading. Let us... Walk humbly with God. Love mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God for the word. Good morning, brothers and sisters. What we read first here, heard first this morning, was that Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Wait a minute. Is this God supposed to lead us away from this? Indeed, he can and may. But this was his son. And this trial was not for God. It was for us. Through the Lord's experience of temptation directly from Satan, we can see the object of our faith has been tested the same way we are on almost a daily basis. Notice that the Spirit of God had nothing to do with the temptation, but remained with Jesus throughout the entire wilderness experience. We can draw and should draw experience and great comfort realizing this. God isn't with us metaphorically or hypothetically throughout all the negative experiences we experience in our life. He's spiritually and physically within us. Thank you, Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. The nation of Israel had also gone through these tests by the same foe, Satan. 
In Exodus 16, they were tempted by hunger. In Exodus 17, 2, they were tempted by thirst. In Exodus 32, they committed idolatry and bowed down in front of a fake god, a golden calf. In the Lord's temptation, there's harmony in all of the Gospels. Both with this baptism and temptation, they both took place in the wilderness. With this temptation occurring directly after his baptism. At his baptism, the Spirit announced to all, everybody there and all of us that read, that Father God was his Father. Satan used this to tempt Jesus, saying, if you are the Son of God. He started his temptations with that word, two letters, if. Remember this. Anytime and every time you use the word if when you make a statement, you're conceding to doubt. And you're admitting a bit of doubt. In my studies, I came across the difference between test and tempt. A temptation is the opportunity to perform or say the wrong word or action. To be tempted means you are enticed. You are drawn to the negative choice. With, that can only result with the hope of failure. A test means you recognize that you have a choice between choosing the right or wrong word or action. Notice the importance of the Bible's words here. Jesus defeated everything Satan would throw at him. Three words. It is written. That same sword, the word sword, the Bible, that was available to Jesus is available to all of us. Notice the importance also of the Bible's words here. How did Jesus defend, defeat these temptations? How did he conquer the devil, Satan? Three words. It is written. That same sword or Bible that was available to Jesus is available to us as we hold it in our hearts and read it on our tables or desks. To defeat Satan, we just simply the same thing, same thing. He cannot beat it. He cannot overcome it. He cannot conquer it. When he gives us a, a foul ball, throws something at us, we can say, no, it is written. That's what faith is all about. We should keep the sword, the Bible, the word, always at our front. We shouldn't sheathe it and hide it or cover it up and render it useless. If we walk around with that sword or defense against Satan in front of us, we can't be defeated. And everyone who witnessed our reactions can learn from us as we use that sword of the word our spirit and our heart in Jesus Christ to defeat Satan, they learn from our bad experiences, which are good because we use the word. In verse 10, Jesus ordered Satan to leave again with the word and told him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Finally, in verse 11, 
We see Jesus had driven away Satan with the word. And the angels had come down and ministered to Jesus after a spiritual battle with Satan himself. Who foolishly fought the battle against Jesus, thinking he had a chance in heaven, excuse the pun, to, pun, to win. <laughs> he had no chance to win. But he fought anyway. He's that foolish. He was doomed to lose. And like I said, we have the same defeating sword in our hearts and in our hands. When do we become weak? When we use our experiences and our mind to think we can defeat Satan. That's not the way to defeat Satan. We only need one thing to get through any trial or temptation. God's living word. Our sword. When we bring to bear our sword to defeat these temptations and trials from Satan, we are victorious, just like this word says we are. We are victorious children of the Most High God. Satan can not and will never defeat us at any time or with anything when we defend ourselves and bear the sword of his word in our defense. Praise Father God and his holy word. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, and for that fine comment. Carry on, on our scripture today, and thank you, Kurt, for reading that. If are those by way of television or radio would like to be a part of our worship service, we always encourage lay participation in that. I always try to kind of over-prepare, and there are many things that have been said by previous individuals, and I don't necessarily repeat those. There are times when I want to emphasize those. I did mention that I came in from St. Cloud early this morning. Normally the, la the last week in February has been kind of designated on suicide and marriage preparation for the military and that, and we've had some great tremendous turnouts for our seminars on suicide and violence and marriage preparation. Had a big, big event at the Marriott down by the airport the last two or three days. And you can always strengthen your, your marriages and always strengthen, you know, areas that we all in fight foundation. Um, the last 30 days in our nation, we've experienced the highest rates of divorce and highest rates of suicide. We're, we're living in a, a month of desperation and chaos and re revolution. And I was kind of reminded of this when I came driving on 94 and there was, I came in like early enough that there was only one track and there must have been someone that was traveling just earlier than I and how dependent I was upon that track and I just kind of stayed in that track because there was better traction. And then I, I got closer to the cities and that track kind of disappeared and I found out how very difficult it was uh, determining the, the, the ditches because everything seemed to be so white and so beautiful. But sometimes when things are beautiful in our lives, we can't necessarily follow the track that Christ has led, uh, laid for us in following in uh, the gospel. And we 
we got to just kind of slow down. We have to slow down and we have to remind ourselves it is written, it is written, and we got to remind the flesh, we got to remind the devil. This is what God says, you know, Jesus said he doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the word of God. And we find in our scripture today, and by the way, I want to welcome Gary and Kathy back to Minnesota. They went, was it for like a 20-year anniversary? Was it kind of a second? 19, 19. And they're already looking forward to going back to Texas. It seemed like those... That weather was so traumatic in that. I mean, it's. I think you, you kind of brought some of it back to us. But we welcome you back, and, you know, we surrounded you with our thoughts and our prayers. We didn't want to bother you on your vacation. I, I trust that, that when you were without fuel and without electricity and without water, you could kind of maintain some sense of harmony and tranquility one with another. Well, in our, our scripture lesson today if you're joining us by way of television or radio and you haven't looked at it and intensely examined the scripture from Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 this is the first event the first event in our Lord's ministry which Saint Matthew records after the baptism and we kind of refer to Mike, uh, Mike for the distinction between temptation and testing and this is a very deep, and, and, and this is a, a real mysterious, mysterious subject here. There are, are many things about these temptations which we cannot explain. But in them, there are a plain practical lessons for you and I, because we all face trials, we all face testings, we all face temptations, and we need to look to the Word of God which we do well to, to, to learn. A number of points this morning, point number one is that we have a very real, we have a very real and, and powerful enemy. And then secondly, we should find it as no strange thing if we're seeking healing, if we're seeking direction, if we're seeking counsel advice. And then thirdly, we need to look at what is our chief, weapon and then um, fourthly we need to um, always depend on a sympathizing sympathizing savior let's take each of these points separately here we need to face the fact that we have a real and we have a very powerful enemy let us learn what a real and powerful enemy we have in, in the devil first the devil is not afraid to assault you because the enemy, the evil of Satan and devil, devil assaulted Jesus Christ himself. Three times, three times he, he attacks God's own son, our Savior, in verse 1, tempted, tempted, tried, tested by the devil. It was the devil who brought sin into the world in the very beginning. Satan vexed Job. Satan deceived David. Satan caused Peter to fall heavily, and the Bible calls Satan, Lucifer, the evil one, the murderer. 
the liar, according to John chapter 8, verse 44. And then we find in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Satan is described as a roaring, roaring lion. Satan's enmity to our souls in the warfare that exists between our souls neither slumbers, neither sleeps. For nearly 6,000 years, Satan has been doing that same work, ruining people's lives and men and women, boys and girls, and, and drawing them towards hell. His cunning, his subtlety, past human understanding, and he often imagined this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14 says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Think of that for a moment, that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Let us um, keep alert and pray daily against the schemes of Satan. There is no enemy worse than an enemy, an enemy who is never seen, an en enemy who never dies, who is near as us, wherever we live and wherever we go and, and goes with us wherever we go. And not last and not least, we, we must beware of the habit of foolish, of foolish talking and, and jesting about the devil, which is, which is unhappily so common. Used to have that movie when I was growing up, I think it was in the late 60s and early 70s, um, and there was a character that said that the devil made me do it. And, and that's, that's kind of partially true, you know. The devil makes us do many things, but human nature. And then I always got a kick out of that particular show. I think it was called Laugh-In. And as I recall how, how subtle that series was, the Laugh-In. Let us remember that if, if we want to be saved, we must not only crucify the fit flesh and overcome the world, but we must resist the devil. James chapter 4, verse 7. Crucify the flesh, overcome the world, but we also must resist the evil one who masquerades around as an angel of light. So we have a, a very real and a, and a very powerful enemy. And then secondly, we should find it as no strange thing. It's not a strange thing. If Jesus was tested, who do you think that you are? Or who do we think we are? Jesus, God's son, was tested and tempted and tried you and I. It's no strange thing. Second, let us learn that, that we must not think that temptation or testing or a trial is, is a strange, strange thing. John chapter 13, verse 16 says that no servant, and I trust that you're listening to us today as a servant of Jesus, and Jesus says no servant is greater than his master, and if the master is tempted, how much more the servant? If Satan came to Christ, he will also come to a Christian. It would be good for believers if they would remember this. They, they are too apt to forget it. We have series on television that today where, where the Satan and Lucifer and the devil is glorified. And, you know, I've never watched any of these programs, but it seems like 
if you happen to watch some of the other fake news to see how fakey it is and you, you see the advertisements for Satan and how Satan is out to help you and put you on the straight and narrow here upon earth, it would be good for believers if they would remember this. They are too apt to forget it. They, they often find evil thoughts arising in their minds. I frequently receive telephone calls from people that are dealing with their thought life. People that are, you know, have trouble with their sex life and, and they seem to be manipulated by, by pornography and they don't understand the connection of the gutter and the thought life to things that are carried out. They often find evil thoughts arising in their minds. They, they have thoughts of hate and they have thoughts of doubts and questionings in their minds, evil thoughts arising in their minds, which they can truly say they, they hate. They want to be more than overcomers through Christ who strengthened us. There's those doubts, those questions, and sinful thoughts are suggested to them against which their whole inner being revolts, their thought life. But let not these things destroy their peace and rob them of their comfort. I've seen many a clergy, many active lay person, fail because they failed in their thought life. Let them remember there is a devil, and so not to be surprised to find the devil is near them because they entertain by their behavior. I may have told you the story before. I hadn't been at Deer River long. It was one of our first appointments, and during the opening and fish, fishing season at Deer River, population multiplied by about 100%. And I had very close connections with the gas stations, and I had um, encouraged the attendants not to have any pornographic material present. But one particular station had moved into town, which was uh, not a locally owned, it was a holiday gas station, and they came on and they had a number of pornographic magazines. And I visited that holiday gas station on a number of occasions, not to purchase the books, but just to kind of stand near the counter and um, ward off those who thought it was wise to um, purchase such items. And I remember a group of gentlemen coming in from the metropolitan area. They said they were in the metropolitan area, and they said they were getting away from their wives and their kids for a whole week of fishing on Winnemagosh. And three of the, the ten purchased pornographic magazines and and I um I just said um to them are, are are you married and they they said yes and I said would your wives approve of that pornographic material do you have daughters would you would you like your daughters dating anyone that would indulge in such pornographic material and it was so interesting how so quickly they put those magazines back on the, the stands. Doubts, questions, sinful thoughts are suggested to them against which their whole inner being revolts, but 
Let not these things destroy your peace and rob you of your comfort. Let you and I remember there, that there is a devil and, and so not to be surprised to find that the devil is very near you. And to be tempted or tried or tested in itself is no sin. It's the yielding. It's the purchase of that temptation. Another example in Staples, Minnesota, I had a student, student in my confirmation class that was really rebellious. I'd assign certain tasks of, of instruction, Bible reading, and, and they were to um, complete that lesson for the following Wednesday. And, and frequently she'd come in with all kinds of excuses. The dog ate my assignment. And she even once came in to said, tell me that her um, parents said that she did not need to do, complete the assignment. And I said, well, that's interesting. I'll just call your parents. Oh, no, that's not necessary. I called her parents, and parents said, no, she needs to do her homework in order to be confirmed. But she was so resistant to um, learning things of the Lord. And sometimes... Later, I got a call from her parents, and we graduated from high school, very attractive gal. Her, her father called me and said, I just completed going to every holiday gas station. This is not that I'm against holiday or anything, but it just happened to be another holiday gas station. And he said, I've gone to every holiday gas station to take the most recent issue of Playboy, purchase it, because my my daughter posed naked. And how did I find out about it? How did he find out about it? It was because his um, daughter received a, a check in the mail, and it was addressed to his address, so he opened it, and it was a $500 check from Playboy magazine. And she would, I don't like to say sold her soul for $500, posed nude in that Playboy magazine. She thought it was a good idea. She thought that, you know, whatever was fleshly was fleshly and whatever was spiritual was spiritual. And She tried to rationalize as she did much of her behavior through her confirmation class. And I found out that much time later that it was her circle of friends that coerced her to be so rebellious in confirmation. Her circle of friends were unchurched. Her circle of friends were participating in all kinds of lewd activity. And that was the time, you know, they were starting to do these pictures and stuff like that. And I was there. I just don't understand it. Well, the temptation of Christ is a temptation of you and I. It's, it's very real. It's a very powerful enemy. And consider it no strange thing. And then thirdly, and third, the third of things is that we have a chief, 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 and it's not chief, but it's a chief weapon. Mike said it so well, third, let us learn that the chief, say it with me, chief, chief weapon we ought to use in resisting Satan is what? The word, the B-I-B-L-E, every time I'm, I'm with Mike grandkids spent the last day with 
monitoring my grandkids. I, I think I'm still awake. I feel like I'm falling asleep, but I'm, I'm real glad that I had my um, children when I did, rather than waiting till you know, I was much older. One of my great friends, evangelist Lowell Lundstrom, would always say that he just loved, he always loved to see the headlights of his grandkids and the taillights, too. Never quite understood what he meant, but I'm learning it. We love their coming, and then we kind of hate their going, but we realize that our energy level currently is not what it was at one time. But thirdly, the chief weapon is to learn that our weapon is the Word of God. And I always, countless times, even before my grandkids learned to speak, they learned to sing the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. The B-I-B-L-E. Sing it with me. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. See, three times Satan's offer was, re was refused with a, a text of scripture as a reason. Verses 6, verses 7, verses 10. It is written. Now here is one among many reasons why we ought to be diligent readers and believers in the Bible, the word, because Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, 17 says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. We shall never fight a good fight if we do not use it as our principal weapon. The word of God is a lamp for our feet, according to the psalmist, Psalm 119, verse 105. We shall never keep the king's highway to heaven if we do not journey by its light. It may well be feared that there is not enough Bible reading among us. It's not sufficient to have the book, the Bible. We must actually read it. We must pray over it. We must pray over it ourselves. And it will do us no good if it, if it only lies still in our houses. I provided joy and hope and Christian Gideon Bibles that I purchased myself. You can only pick them up, you know, for three or four dollars, those little Gideon Bibles. And oftentimes people would say, how come you get those little Bibles for those? Kids and I, I said, first they got to kind of learn to carry it around. Many of them used it like on teething, and I just love to dig those little Bibles out because kind of chewed all the way around them. It's not sufficient to have the book. We must really and actually read it and pray over it ourselves. And if we, it, it will do us no good if only it lies still in our houses. We must actually familiarize ourselves with its contents and have its texts stored in our memories and in our minds. Knowledge. Knowledge of the Bible never comes by intuition. 
It can only be got by the hard, by the hard, regular, daily, attentive, wakeful, wakeful reading. Do we, do we grudge the time? Do we really grudge the time and the trouble this will cost us? Um, if we do, we are not fit for the kingdom of God. So we look this morning at the real and the powerful enemy, and we look at this no strange thing and the chief weapon. And, and lastly, as I close, a sympathizing. We look at a sympathizing Savior. Fourth, let us learn what a sympathizing Savior the Lord Jesus Christ is. And Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18 says, Because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now let me allow that to sink in and set, settle in and say it again, that because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews chapter 2, 8. Now the sympathizing of Jesus is a truth which ought to be especially clear for you and I as believers. They will find it in, in a mine of strong consolation. They should never forget that they have a, a mighty friend in heaven who feels for them in all their temptations and trials and can enter into all their spiritual anxieties. And are they ever tempted by Satan to distrust God's care and, and distrust God's goodness? So is Jesus. So is Jesus. Are they ever tempted to presume on God's mercy and, and to run into danger without warrant? So also is Jesus. Are they ever tempted to um, commit a private sin for the sake of some great apparent advantage? So also was Jesus. And are you and I, are we ever tempted to listen to some misapplication of Scripture as an excuse for doing wrong? So also was Jesus. He is just a Savior that tempted servant people like you and I need and require. Let you and I flee to Jesus for help and spread before Jesus all of our troubles and we'll find that, that the ear of Jesus is always ready to hear and, and the, the heart of Jesus is all, always ready to feel and Jesus will understand our sorrows include Conclusion, may we all know the value of a, a sympathizing Savior by experience. There is nothing to be compared to it in, in this cold and very deceitful world. The world is so chaotic and is falling apart, but when we see it falling apart, we can see Jesus putting you and I together. Those who seek their happiness in this life only and despise the, the religion of the Bible have no idea what true comfort they are missing. Father, God, with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of television and radio and all means of communication, there are people that have lif listened to me for 
for weeks and months and years who have listened just to ridicule, and, and they write to me and they say, the devil was just really on our shoulder, and the devil was really in our mind, in our house, and we almost needed an exorcism to, to say, Jesus, we open our hearts. We open our hearts to your, you, O oh Lord, and we close our hearts to any form of evil and pornography and bad reading and bad listening and even even some of the baby boomers and some of the millenniums are saying how disgusting some music and lyrics are and and how their minds are being tortured and as a result of committing their lives to Christ and listening to more godly scriptural music they've been truly liberated from mischievous thought and mischievous acts and how Satan as an angel of light tries to destroy and cause suicides and cause marriage breakups and disillusionment and Satan is like a roaring lion just coming into our lives and trying to destroy us due to our rationalizations next Sunday oh Lord we're, we're moving into the beginning of Christ's ministry and how the calling of the first disciples in Matthew chapter 4 verses 20, 12 through 25 and, and we have in these verses the very beginning of our Lord's ministry among humankind. Jesus enters on his labors among the dark and the ignorant people and how much more today we've seen the darkness and we see the ignorance of people and how he chooses men and women to be his companions and disciples, how Jesus confirms his ministry by miracles which rouse the attention of all Syria and draw multitudes to hear him. With every head bowed and every eye closed and Christians in prayer, the key to happiness is allowing Jesus to enter our lives. And then we need to saturate our thoughts and our minds. We need to renew it with the word of God and the sword of the spirit. And when we are tempted or when we are tried, to run to the word of God and find the answers ourselves. For the good news is that we are more than conquerors through Christ who leads us, who indwells within us. As we call upon you, Lord, may we allow your entry into our minds, our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. Help us to be obedient as we renew ourselves and our minds by saying these very quick words, I am a sinner saved by grace. Forgive my sins, O Lord. Come into my heart and life. Renew my mind. Help me to be active to chase Satan away and to welcome the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into our lives. Be gone, Satan. In Jesus' name. For thus is written, in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd be so kind now to um, turn in your bulletins. There are those who um, support us by prayers and we're also in need of financial resources. We're, we thank God that we, our facilities is also used by Robin Childcare and pray for Robin Childcare and Jay, Jay Hop and 
Open City's House of Prayer, and but we, we struggle. Let us join in the offertory prayer. God of all, you love us and have claimed us. As you bless Sarah and Abraham, you have invited us into the blessing of connection within the family of humanity whom you continue to bless. We give our tithes and offerings in celebration of the depths of our blessing and pray that they will strengthen the church across the world to bless all your children. In the holy name of Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, we pray in gratitude. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Now I pray that the grace and peace of God may go forth and abide with us now and forevermore. For God, we serve a very generous God, and we ask you to bless these gifts and these givers as we go out, realizing that we're going to be tempted and tried. We ask that you help us to grow in the trust of thee, O Lord, that we might follow without looking back and that we might leave behind more of our old lives to experience more deeply a new life in you. Help us to leave our nets on the shore, leave those things that seemed essential before we heard the call so that we might travel the road you have put before us. In the name of the Christ who goes before us and beside us, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And um, as you're seated, I'm wondering if Gary and Kathy, would you like to share any thoughts? about your desert experience? Or I guess it wasn't really a desert experience, was it? Any other ones that have any announcements be prepared to come front and center also? Uh, just a little short uh, spiel on some of the things that happened on our short trip. It's normally a three-day trip to Texas. Second day, uh, bad driving conditions and a big accident on the freeway near Fort Worth. The blessing from that was um, we had Robin up there uh, keeping us up to date on the roads, which really helped. Problem? Next problem was the icy conditions and uh, on the highways, and we, especially the exit ramp to our hotel where we <laughs> found some glare ice. <laughs> the blessing is that God provided us safety at that time. Yeah, after uh, bad driving conditions, we made it to uh, Horn Aransas on Friday where the roads were clear and the temperatures were cool. And the problem was the next day, we arrived on Friday, and then the problem was by Sunday, the freezing conditions uh, 
throughout the state made it all the way down to Port Aransas and uh, everything was iced over. Everything was really, really slick. Um, the blessing that we had there is that our hotel was very close to the trailer park where our friends uh, stayed. That's part of the reason we go down there is to visit them as they stayed there the whole <laughs> winter. But again, the, the glare ice, the whole road back from um, their place to our place, it was very short, but it was also just totally iced over, totally. <clears throat> and uh, due probably to the icy conditions and the cold weather, on Monday the power went out, and the power which uh, provided heat to our, our place we stayed and the, the elevator. We were on the fourth floor, and our room started getting super cold. No restaurants or grocery stores were open. The blessing here was that God provided us a warm bed, extra blankets, a car with heat, and a place to charge our phones. On Tuesday morning, we went in search of food and found a grill and bar. Um, it wasn't officially open, but the owner opened it to serve hot coffee and french fries, the only things he could cook without electricity. He didn't charge us anything. It was all free to anybody who came in. We even offered to help with dishes, washing the dishes, but he said no, absolutely not. <laughs> what a blessing that was. Uh, the next uh, problem came up when the, the water was shut off at the hotel we stayed. We had to haul our luggage from the fourth floor down to the lobby, lobby in three trips for both of us. Um, the blessing here was that when uh, we found out that the other half of the city was starting to get some power back, so we, we called and got one of the last reservations at another hotel that had heat. Oh, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> Cheryl mentioned right away, they, they were told us that the water was about to run out, so we, we quickly took some hot showers. But uh, then shortly after that, we lost water at that ho hotel also and we were searching for porta potty Yeah, it's quite interesting when you, when you can't um, flush toilets or wash your hands or anything like that. That was a lot worse than we thought it would be. But the blessing here was that we found um, nice, clean porta potties at the Civic Center. And I know that sounds funny, but that was a blessing. And uh, the Civic Center, we found out, was also serving hot coffee and waffles. And uh, um, they were handing out water. And so we... We were able to eat that morning, and um, also then when we got back, <coughs> excuse me, to our hotel, we found out that people were taking water from the swimming pool and dumping it into the toilet tanks so that the toilets could flush. So that was, again, another blessing. It just sounds so weird to be saying this, but it was. Uh, among all this, we decided maybe we should think about going home, <laughs> but then when we... Uh, listen to the reports on the news the entire state uh, was had blackouts and we didn't know if we'd get gas anywhere or water anywhere so uh, we waited on that yeah um, so we did finally find one gas station in North Padre that had um, gas left in their pumps we got gas and we called our friend who is also in need of gas from the, the um, the trailer park, um, they needed the gas for their generator to keep their generator going, which your family knows about too, Tina. Um, so anyway, he got there in 10 minutes and the gas was already gone, but he, he, did, he did find one further down the road, I guess it still had some. So the blessing here too was that the weather started to turn nice 
it, it was tolerable. Um, the water came back on in our, our hotel. Um, the power was slowly coming on in other places around the city, so a restaurant here or there would open up for um, takeout food. Um, we finally got to walk on the beach, which is like my favorite thing to go down there for. And uh, we saw... <laughs> We saw a sailboat that had kind of washed up on shore, and uh, you know we looked around for Gilgan and Marianne, but we couldn't find them. <laughs> well, yeah, no, just tell us. Okay, so another blessing too that didn't have a part of any of those circumstances was that um, our friend, our friends that are down there, were not getting along very well, and that had been an ongoing thing. And one day he came over to our our hotel room and he started to talk about how you know he didn't know if he was going to make it in the marriage or not and and um, we got the opportunity to pray with him he agreed to that and that was just a real special thing to us because we had prayed about it before we left even that we might have an opportunity to pray with them so that was a really nice blessing we also met several nice people along the way and um, as I said before we didn't always get what we wanted, but God provided everything we ever needed. We never went hungry. We never got so cold that we couldn't stand it. And it, it just was, it opened our eyes to that. And we, we thank you so much for all your prayers. It just meant a whole lot to us to know that, that you guys cared and that you were praying. So thank you. Yuri and Kathy are going to be writing a book uh, about how to survive I heard that you experienced more Wisconsin weather than Minnesota weather. Any other announcements or questions of survival? Yes. She hasn't sent you her bill yet, though. Have you sent your bill to the grocers? There will be a special offering plate in the back for uh, getting Gary and Kathy back. Well, thank you, Gary and Kathy. And if you, any other announcements? Um, survival story. trustees meeting at 9 o'clock this Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about church cleanup and a number of things that are going on for maybe April and May, church cleanup. It seems like we just started talking about church cleanup a few months ago, and now we're going to do it. Any other questions, concerns? Amen. Praise the Lord, Kathy. Would you like to close this in order of prayer with that prayer request? And then also Pastor George Groves, they determined that the, the bladder cancer is not on the outside of the bladder, but he's going to Rochester for an opinion on that inside the bladder. Mm. Yes, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And you're di all dismissed. And next week, we're hoping to have the, the film series, The Tribulation. I mean, I, I don't think it'll be too hot to have it. You know, hopefully we're, we're at the turning point of our snowfalls. Thank you all for coming and bless you all. Mm -hmm.